If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. If you do not have a supportive spouse, you might have to sit down and really help them understand why this is important to you. Don't talk about the business you're creating and all the features and benefits of that. Talk about your heart and why this matters to you. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Today's guest is absolutely no stranger to the Gold Digger podcast. In fact, she has been on this show more than any other guest, and that is for good reason. She's my best friend. Her name is Amy Porterfield. You've probably heard from her before on this show about how she got started as an entrepreneur and why she is obsessed with digital courses and how they've transformed her life and her students' lives. And this episode has nothing to do with any of that. In fact, I kind of threw her a curveball and sent her a text message last night and said, since tomorrow is Valentine's Day, I think we should get on the phone and talk about how entrepreneurship has affected our relationships. When I think about my own personal marriage, Drew and I were very different people when we got married than we are today. We both were working in more corporate settings and retail, and our lives dramatically changed when my ambitions to become an entrepreneur took the front seat of what I wanted out of my life. And so today, we are kind of peeling back the curtain and talking about those early days and what to do if you have a partner who doesn't buy into your vision and what have been some of those pivotal moments in our marriages that have been affected by entrepreneurship both good and bad. And I am so excited about this topic because this idea of putting in your two weeks notice oftentimes doesn't just affect you. It can affect the people around you, what people think of you, and how you feel about yourself. Speaking of two weeks notice, my amazing friend Amy has an incredible book coming out. It is called Two Weeks Notice. This is the blueprint on how to actually leave a job that you have and start your business. If you are someone who is tuning into this podcast today and you are not fully satisfied with your career life or you find yourself daydreaming of starting that side hustle or that company that you've always wanted to do, this will be your step-by-step guide. It is full of incredible, implementable information. Amy is the best at delivering the steps on how to actually do something along with incredible stories that she has never shared anywhere. I have walked with her through this entire process of writing her book and watching how much she has poured into it. I am just so excited for everyone to get their hands on it. So before you listen to us dish about our husbands, head to twoweeksnoticebook.com, grab yourself a copy, 
and make yourself a coffee and snuggle up. You're about to hear two besties dish on their lives, their relationships, and their husbands. Let's dive on into today's episode. One of the best things about hosting the Gold Digger podcast is getting to chat with people who are experts in areas that I'm not, like the area of product-based businesses. I got to host a conversation with Jacqueline Snyder and Mina Kunlo-Sitep from the Product Boss podcast last year, and now I am so excited because they have joined me on the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Take your physical product sales and strategy to the next level to create your dream life with a workshop style strategy hour of social media and marketing strategies so that you can up level as the boss of your business. If you love Gold Digger, I know you'll love the product boss. So tune in wherever you get your podcasts. It's actually kind of crazy because I've never had someone come on my show so many times with so many different angles. And so I hope that the Gold Digger podcast feels like a second home to you at this point. Absolutely. When are you going to invite me to be your co-host? I'm ready. Oh my gosh. You know what's (laughs) funny though is, okay, I have to give people a little bit more context because what's fascinating is if people have listened to all of your past interviews on the show, we've talked about a gamut of topics, but every single time we connect, our relationship is slightly different. It's deeper. It's more enriched. And you and I have been joking a lot lately because anytime someone is with one of us, they text (laughs) the other person is like, Jenna, I'm with Amy, Amy, I'm with Jenna. And it's like, we are being known as this like duo in the world. And I couldn't love it more. So sweet. I totally agree. (laughs) Okay. So speaking of relationships, tomorrow is Valentine's day. And I kind of threw this idea on you a little bit out of left field, but I'm actually really excited about this. So what I want to talk about today is how our relationships have been affected through our entrepreneurial journeys and what people could expect if this is the year that they put in their two weeks notice, leave what they've known to embark on something new. So first, will you kind of paint me the picture of what your life was like, what your career was like when you and Hobie met? Oh, okay. So I was working for Tony Robbins And I know I haven't talked about this on the show, so it's kind of appropriate and I need to say it. So the way Hobie and I met is that while I was still at Tony Robbins, I became really good friends with a woman named Tracy. She's the head of HR and she had a picture of her husband on her desk. And I would go up to her office and I'd say, your husband is so good looking. Like I'd chat with her, but I couldn't get over the fact that her husband was hot. So I would tell her this all the time. And for the sake of time, I'll fast forward about a year later and she got a divorce to her husband. And about a year after that, she called me up and said, I want to set you up with my ex-husband. So she's such a dear friend. She saw that Hobie and I were so similar and the rest is history. We've been married for now 14 years. We just had our wedding anniversary. And so yeah, Hobie's ex-wife set us up while both of us, Tracy and I were working for Tony Robbins. That story alone, (laughs) like I just wanna like snap for Tracy. So stinking cool. But also really amazing as well, because there was a child involved. And so for Tracy, even looking at it, it wasn't just like, oh, here's a new wife for someone that I love or loved. Yeah. But also here's someone who I think would be an incredible mentor to my child. And like as a mom, that just is like, I don't know, I really admire that about her. It's really special. And I have to give her credit. She's always allowed me to be in Cade's life, my son's life. She's always allowed me to have a place there. I used to volunteer for Cade's classroom when he was like in third grade and I would bring Tracy along. I'm like, you're going to do it with me. We were team moms on his football team together. We had no idea what we were doing. And so it's been fun that she's allowed me to have a place because I've never had a child of my own. And so I treat Cade as though he is my own and I love him dearly. And she lets me, you know, some moms struggle Mm -hmm. with that and they have their own reasons, but she's always had open arms to that. And I felt really fortunate. Okay. So you're working at Tony Robbins. Describe the role you're in. Describe the state of your career. Like what stage were you in? Kind of paint that picture of what that looked like for you. Okay. 
So I have been in corporate since the day I left college. So I worked in a publishing company. I worked for Harley Davidson. Then I'm working for Tony. So I was a really good, I called myself a corporate yes girl. I like to have a boss. I, I like to someone tell me what to do and then I go do it even better so I can get the promotions, the rewards, the add a girls. I like to have a paycheck every two weeks. I liked paid vacation. I liked health insurance. All of that was great. I was a security kind of girl. So I thrived in a corporate environment. But I had been there for almost seven years and Tony teaches entrepreneurship. He teaches how to design a life by your own dreams. And I just got the bug. And so when I was in that company for a while, it got to the point that I started to get itchy. Like, this isn't what I want. I had just married Hobie. So I was still at Tony Robbins when I got married to Hobie and I was traveling all the time and I would go to these events and be gone for a long time. And I missed him and I didn't like that. And also it was a stressful job. It was one of the best jobs of my life, but very stressful. I worked very long hours. So I felt that I was never present with my new husband. So that's kind of where I was in that time that I was ready to try something new. So what did it look like in the like security of this new marriage to express like, hey, you've only known me as this. Yes. And now I'm thinking about totally like switching gears and taking a risk. What did that look like for you? Okay. So this is a great question because when you're right, Hobie only knew me as this corporate yes girl and I was climbing the corporate ladder and I was making good money and it was happening. And then I go to him and say, I think I want to quit. Now Hobie's a dreamer. And so he would be like, if I said, I want to go to the moon, he'd be like, okay, let's figure this out. So he always was supportive. But what really happened is when I told him and he's like, uh, okay, let's go. He was ready for it. But when I did it, I became a very different person. And I don't actually mean that in a good way. I was uncertain. I didn't know what I was doing. I think I was a hot mess for a good year. And he didn't know that woman. And so I think I freaked him out in the beginning. I remember you and Hobie did an interview on your podcast. And he talked about that lack of confidence <laughs> because yes. you went from this super confident person. You were really capable. You were achieving and I think that that's a common like occurrence when people dive into entrepreneurship because we're used to having people saying, well done, you're hitting your goals. You got these metrics. I see you. And all of a sudden you're like, I have no boss. I have no coworkers. I have no one watching what I'm doing. I have no one to report to. It's a totally different experience. And I think that a lot of people who crave that structure and security kind of find themselves like, whoa, like, what does this mean? And how do I navigate this? Absolutely. And you touched on a great point where like in my corporate job, I was director of content development. I work for Tony Robbins. I made great money. There was a lot of ego tied to that. And so then I go out on my own and there's also ego tied to, I own my own business. I'm an entrepreneur. I was not making money. I had zero social media following. I did not have an email list. I was low woman on the totem pole in terms of success as an entrepreneur. I lost a little bit of that identity. I didn't know who am I and who's telling me I'm doing a good job? No one. So that was weird for me as well. How did Hobie navigate that with you? What did that look like for your oh. marriage? Because it's kind of a big transition to go from like this one identity and shifting when you're newly married to. You know, I never looked at this connection, but you just made it for me without knowing it. So 2010 is when I went out fully on my own. And 2011 was, if you ask Kobe, what was the worst year of your marriage with Amy? He would tell you 2011. There's no doubt in my mind. And I always equated it to we were in debt. So I wasn't making a lot of money yet. He had just started to become a firefighter. So he wasn't making any money. He was in training. So I always said it was the worst year of our life because we didn't have money. That's not true. If I really think about it, he had a wife that was so insecure, so confused, so worried that this wasn't going to work for her, that she'd have to go back and grovel back for her job, that I wasn't showing up as the best me. Now, that wasn't every day. I had my moments that things would work and I was like, okay, it's coming together. But then I'd lay my head at, in bed at night and tell Hobie, I am so afraid this isn't working. I'm not cut out to be an entrepreneur. I never actually thought I'd be a business owner. So it all kind of happened. And so he had to 
give me so many pep talks. Like I actually have so much compassion for that man because he had to be the rock in our marriage because I was not that person. I'd say now I am the rock in our marriage. I'm really proud of that. That's not, and and I wasn't the girl he married either. He saw me change because your first few years of entrepreneurship, you are figuring everything out. Everything is an experiment. And if that doesn't take a a blow to your ego, sometimes I don't know what does because it doesn't all work out as you know. And so it was hard for him. I think he would totally tell you like that was some rough years of our life. So we're past a decade into entrepreneurship now. Are there any like standout moments like relationship wise where you and Hobie like experienced these aha moments or, you know, really reaped the rewards of all of this hard work? Talk to me about some of those moments that really transitioned or maybe changed the relationship. Yeah. So, so we went through some really hard times, not having any money or anything like that. And then fast forward and we bought a house in California where I'm from we left a condo to this big, beautiful home. I don't, did you ever go to my house in Carlsbad? No, with the I pool? wish I okay. had, yeah. The backyard was like a tropical oasis. I'm now in Nashville, it's not the same experience, but it was amazing. And we had the spa and we would go in it at nighttime. So it was in the winter and we're in the spa and it faces the house. So we were looking at this big, beautiful house all lit up. And I looked at him and I said, can you believe this is our reality? And that was the moment he said, absolutely not. I would have never, ever guessed we would have made it here with this beautiful home and this beautiful life because holy cow, that was a rough, rough go for sure. But it was that moment that we realized, no, this actually did work out. We are here in the moment. And that was the time that we decided we're going to start reminding ourselves how good it is because I think for so long, we were just scared to let out a breath. Like, is it all going to go away? And we kind of took a big breath and exhaled and said, okay, this is it. This is what we wanted. What has it been like? So now if we look at your lives now, totally different, right? You referenced, you moved to Nashville. Yes. Hobie retired from his job. Yes. So crazy. You are officially the breadwinner, even though you had been for years. I like to call it, I am his sugar mama. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so walk me through some of those later uh, transitions, because again, it's like you're constantly becoming and these identities within this relationship continually shift and evolve and grow and transform. So talk to me about that. Yeah. So there's been a lot of that. So Hobie is an alpha male to the core. Like he just believes that is his, his identity. And so what happened was he was becoming a firefighter. I was building this business and the first two years were hard, but the third year, and I talk about this in my book, two weeks notice it started to really click and come together. And that's where I started to figure out what it takes to build a business. So it was the fourth year that we sat in front of our tax guy. And that was the year that I almost had hit a million dollars in my business. And so we sat in front of the tax guy and he, for some reason, regurgitated, okay, Amy, this year you made this much money. And okay, Hobie, this year, so I think I made 950,000. And this year, Hobie, he's a firefighter, he made 60,000 bucks. And Hobie took a deep breath and he looked at me and he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a moment. I'm gonna just need a moment right now because we talked about it later. I I just said, okay, like we didn't kind of get into it. We went home and I said, what's coming up for you? And he said, I never ever thought I'd be in a relationship where the woman's making more than me. Like I came from a world of like, the man makes more, the man provides, he's in charge. And, and you just blew me away with how much money you made. And he's like, I'm just going to need to have a moment to get through that. And it took him a a little while. And then he did, of course, but it was a blow to his ego. And he will tell anyone that that was really hard for him to swallow. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. 
Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. It's really interesting because you and I have so many similarities. We started our businesses around the same time. We got married kind of similar timing. And when you look at it, it's like, crazy how we are totally different people than we were when we stood at the altar or wherever we said our vows. Yes. But also our husbands are really different people. So tell me kind of about the evolution of Hobie, because what something that I really notice, especially for people who are listening to this and they're like, I'm ready for this big leap, or I want to make this big change, or I want to walk away from my corporate office, or I want to start my business or start my side hustle you forget that like, yes, that evolution story is so powerful, right? Like those are the ones we put in the books, but usually there are people that are affected by that move and that decision. So talk to me about Hobie's evolution that happened kind of side by side as yours was going. Okay. I love this. And while you were saying that later on, as we are chatting, can we also talk a little bit about what it looks like if you don't have a supportive spouse? Absolutely. In my mind, I'm thinking, I know people are listening like, okay, this is interesting. This is interesting how the arc of all of this, but I also had a supportive husband and I know many women listening do not. So we'll get there. Yeah. But so Hobie has changed dramatically. When I met him, he was a general contractor. And what happened was, so he had his own business and he didn't love it. I could tell he didn't love it, kind of struggled with it a little bit, but it was working way too many hours and very stressed. So I came into the relationship with a man that had a job that was very stressful. And then my dad's a firefighter. So I said, Hey, have you ever thought about being a firefighter? Cause Hobie was in the military. He has a lot of background that would lend itself to that. And so he started to explore that my dad encouraged it and Hobie at an older age. So he was in his late thirties, he became a firefighter, which was amazing. But when you become a firefighter, you do not make any money throughout your training. And then you hardly make any money through your salary. So I watched this man go from having his own business to becoming a firefighter, really finding his passion there. Like that was what he was meant to do. And that's around the time that he kind of had to come to grips with my wife is going to be the breadwinner and I have to be okay with that. But that's when I love this question because that's when I started to see him finding his purpose in other things. He devoted more time to be a good dad. He showed up for me in a really big way. Like he, he handled cooking. He handled things around the house when he was home because I had a lot of stress at the time building this business. So he changed his identity. He changed his role in the family to support me and Cade more than I'm the alpha male. I'm going to call the shots. I'm the big shot of this family. And it was a beautiful thing for him to do. And I never realized it, Jen, until you just asked. There was a metamorphosis around who he was in his role. So that mm-hmm. was incredible. But then we had another big one because when we moved to Nashville, what's funny about firefighting is you have to start all over. Like Hobie is 50. He'd have to start all over with 21 year olds competing for a role in the fire department. He's like, I'm having none of that. And because I make enough money, we started talking and we said, what about you retiring? Now I got to tell you, and I got to be honest, when we started having the conversations, I said to him, I might resent you. I might resent the fact that I work Monday through Thursday, lots of hours, you know, I work more hours than you and I haven't figured out (laughs) how you do that. It makes me so mad, but I thought I would start to lose respect for him. And then I really was afraid, like, what if I lose respect for him and I, and I don't find him desirable anymore? I don't, I don't want to be around him because it's like, I'm working all the time and you get to sit on the couch and eat bonbons or whatever. So we had to have that conversation. And he said, if it gets to that point, you let me know. So he retired when we moved to Nashville and he found a new identity where he's kind of like the head of the household. He does everything. And I know you can relate to this. That man cleans, that man cooks, he runs errands, he manages different people in our house and all of that. He does all of that. And he does it in a way that he feels confident and proud of it versus like, 
he's my helper. Like that is not our relationship whatsoever. He recently got sick and I had to do all that stuff. And I was like, I need you to get better. It was so much work. And so I have a newfound respect for him, but he has owned his role now in the family that is in such a beautiful way. And it has allowed me to have the success I've had. So I've got to tell you one more thing about that. If you ask Hobie, were you part of Amy's massive success in her business? He would not blink an eye. He'd say, absolutely. We did this together. He believes that. He believes that he helped me get to where I'm at because he was such a huge support. And I love that. I love that he sees that he was part of this. He can't tell you how to run an ad, a conversion rate, a funnel. He knows nothing about that, but he absolutely knows what it took for me to get here. And he feels very much part of that. Oh, I love that. Okay, let's talk about that flip side because I know for me, even telling like people that were close to me in my life that I was leaving the job that I had gone to college for that I was excited to have at one point to do something totally unrelated off of a Craigslist camera. I was like so embarrassed, nervous, afraid. Like I, I worried more about what the people who knew me would think than the strangers in the wild. So talk to me about people who don't have the support or who question what their currently supportive group will do if they don't buy into the vision or the idea. Okay. So this is real. I had the same feelings. Like, what are people going to think? I was embarrassed to tell them I wanted to go be my own boss, which is so sad, but I had the same exact experience as you in that. And for people that are listening that are worried about what other people are going to think, their close friends, I don't mean strangers on the internet, like genuinely worried, what is my spouse going to think? A lot of spouses do not want you to go and start your own business and quit your job, not because they don't believe in you, but because they're very afraid that you guys aren't going to have enough finances to support the family and it feels very risky. And so the first thing is, Number one, telling friends and family in the book, I talk about the fact that I only told three people that I was going to leave my job. I told my mom who thinks I could land on the moon. I told Hobie, who's very supportive. And I told my best friend, Gina, I did not tell anybody else because I knew no one would understand. And I was so vulnerable at the time that I would believe them if they told me this was a bad idea. But Sarah Blakely of Spanx, She recently came out and said she also did not tell anybody when she started her own business because she would believe people that told her this was a bad idea. So I think this is a very normal feeling. And so I only told three people. And the reason for that is I did not want other people's opinions. Unlike you, Jenna, I think you're better at this than me. I care deeply about other people's opinions to a fault. And so I knew I did not have the capacity. So in the book, I say not everybody deserves or gets to hear your dream yet. They just don't get it. It's not theirs. And so be very selective who you tell. Not everyone needs to know all of your details. And then the second thing is, if you do not have a supportive spouse, you might have to sit down and really help them understand why this is important to you. Don't talk about the business you're creating and all the features and benefits of that. Talk about your heart and why this matters to you and why you want the freedom, the lifestyle freedom, financial freedom, creative freedom, what it could do for both of you and your whole family. You've got to do that. And if they still do not support you, this is where it gets a little controversial. You still do it because this is your life. This is your destiny. And you still have to find the courage to go after it, however way you want to do that, because I do not want people to be stopped just because other people do not believe in them. My team and I absolutely hit the ground running in 2023, and I feel like we're going along at a pretty good clip to start off the new year. One thing that is so important to me as a business owner and a leader of this small but mighty team is getting aligned on our shared mission and goals for the year. If you're the same way, HubSpot is a fantastic tool. With HubSpot CRM, you can keep your marketing, sales, operations, and service teams in sync on one powerful platform that grows with your business. Capture leads, boost sales, and engage customers all from one powerful platform. Tools like a unified contact record, help desk automation, and customizable reporting make it easy to unite your team around a single source of truth, which means you can spend less time managing your software and more time connecting with your customers. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better in 2023 and get a special offer of 20% off on eligible plans at HubSpot.com. 
com slash gold digger. Okay. So this brings me to a point and I think you and I have different experiences in okay. this place. And I think it would be good to touch on this. Good. So when you started your business, you weren't making money, right? You were no. like starting from ground zero. So when I put in my two weeks notice, I already had confirmed bookings to match my salary. So I believe that there are two types of people listening to this. There are the people who it's like jump and the net will appear. And then there are the people who are in the wee hours of the night, weaving their net, getting it ready for launch. So talk to me about how you did it. And then I'll share how I did it. Because I think what is interesting too, from this like relationship standpoint, is that if you have people who aren't supportive, then maybe, you know, abandoning everything and starting at ground zero might not be the best option, or it could be. Or if you're someone who's like, I am so risk averse, like this whole notion is like freaking me out, then maybe the way that I did it will resonate. So let's talk about the difference in those. Okay, great. And I just want to make it clear. I actually do not want anyone to just tomorrow wake up and say, I'm quitting. I have no no, money, but I'm going to go. Yeah, because I, I was not like you. I did not have things booked to replace my salary, but I had a few clients that didn't pay me a lot of money, but I had a little money coming in. So I started a side hustle before I left. So let me tell you what I did. So from the day I decided I was going to leave my Tony Robbins job, it was a full year before I actually left. And what I talk about in the book is you got to have a runway and there's things you want to do from the day you decide to leave to the day you do leave. It could be three months, six months, a year, but you got to have a runway and do these certain things that I outline throughout the book. But for me, I started a side hustle and got like two clients and started to make a little bit of money mornings, nights, weekends, I'd work on it and start working on my concept. But when the year came, I thought I'd have enough money saved for like six months of a runway. I did not. I had maybe one month, but I was like desperate, like I wanted to get out and I was ready. And so I did leave and I did uh, struggle for throughout those first two years financially because of that. And and I think it's part of my story. I think I needed to struggle to hustle, to get ready, to make it happen. So it all worked out, but it was definitely harder. So that's basically what it looked like for me. And I I tell that story to say what I don't want people to do is think I'm going to quit in three years when I have all this money saved up. Do you know how precious life is and what can happen in three years? So I say in the book, let's not wait longer than a year. If you're ready, three, six, nine, 12 months, but nothing longer than a year. Okay, so I'm dying to hear how you did it. So I did almost the same in the sense of one year. So I gave myself a year, which I loved because it felt doable. And it also felt like I wasn't like trapped. Like I, I didn't hate my job. I just didn't want to do it for the next decade. Right. And so I gave myself a year and what was so hard about it is I couldn't talk about anything I was doing, working on my business while at my corporate job, because I didn't want them to know or think there was this conflict of interest or kind of know my plan because my corporate job, they were all about vision casting and giving you three, five, 10 year plans. And like, I was not bought into that. So I had my own one year plan. And for me, it was really interesting because I knew my parents were going to ask a lot of questions. And I think part of that, too, is like we're from the Midwest. My parents worked the same jobs for decades. Once you had that security, you would be crazy to walk away from it. Right. And so I knew they would have a lot of questions. And so I had like prepared basically this like plan of like, here's exactly what I'm going to do for income. Here's how I will pay my student loans. Here is what I will do for insurance. And I like figured all of that out. And it was really interesting too, because I like worked up and collected a paycheck until my booking started. So as a wedding photographer, I started booking. I think my first wedding was April 26th in St. Paul, Minnesota with Chris and Angie. Like I still remember that from a decade ago because it was such a big deal. And I like worked right up until I had that wedding to shoot. And then I knew I gave myself one year of income and I was like, okay, if I can't keep this going, then what? 
And it was really interesting, too, to transition out of the person Drew knew because we were both like working retail management type jobs. He was selling cell phones, lost his job two weeks before a wedding. I was in this retail leadership position. So doing HR, but also working nights and weekends and like that kind of thing. And so it was really interesting then all of a sudden to like, I'm home all the time and working, you know, from bed or from the couch or like all of these things. And so it's really interesting to see like, even just in how you do it, it can affect the energy in your relationship. And it's so important that however you're deciding to do it, if there are teammates in your life, make them teammates, not opponents to your dream, but teammates like on the path with you. Because like you said, Hobie would say he absolutely helped you get there. And if you are fortunate enough to have anybody in your sphere, make them your teammate in what that looks like. I love that you said that. I'm curious, did you ever have any experiences where Drew felt weird about you making more money or Drew, you know, now my husband's retired. Drew is at a stay at home dad, essentially, right? Is that how you, what you'd say? Did Drew ever have any issues? It's interesting because both of our moms are higher educated than our dads. So both of our dads only have their high school education and both of our moms have their masters. Oh, both of our moms were always the breadwinner, even though both of our parents worked. And so it is interesting because Drew never really had a complex around that because he knew that in his household, that was how it was. But I remember one of the hardest things for us was when we finally decided we wanted kids, because for five years we were like, no children, sorry, mom and dad, we apologize. We're not going to have kids. We love our lives together. When we finally decided to have kids, Drew had said, like, I want to be a stay at home dad, which was like very surprising to me because he had never even held a baby until he came home with me for Christmas and held one of my cousin's kids. Oh my gosh. And so to me, I was like, okay, do you actually want to do that? Or is that just like this vision? But then, and you were my friend during this time, but like during our losses and miscarriages and I'm still working and my job is crazy and like we're trying to figure this out. It was really hard because like he had this dream and he had supported my dream for years. And now I felt like I was not only failing myself and this dream we had, but I was failing him mm-hmm. with the losses. And so that was probably the hardest time because it almost felt like he was in limbo where it was like, we knew what he actually wanted to do, but obviously you need a kid to be a stay at home dad. And so that was probably the trickiest like transition. And then, you know, to this day, one of the funny arguments we recently recently had that it was just like, what in the heck is we obviously get tons of snow here in Minnesota and Drew, I don't know if you like actually like snow blowing or what, but it takes forever. Right. So I'm like, going with this, can we just pay somebody to snow blow for us? Like we can afford to. And that way then you're not outside for hours and I'm missing work because I'm with the kids and like, we don't have outside help. And so it's either him or it's me. And so I was like, basically you snow blowing is telling me that like my time is not worth $20 an hour. And like, so those are like the funny nuances yeah. that still happen to this day where I don't want to take something that he enjoys away from him, but also are there other ways to enjoy things that doesn't pull me out of my important work? There's also a funny instance when I was doing Digital Course Academy with you and it was on the final day. I remember. And... We were packing up for a trip and it was like when everything was going wild, we were trying to get all of our students enrolled. I was like on chat talking to people and Drew yells at me to come up the stairs and he's like, can you roll this laundry to fit it into this suitcase? And I was like, do you not realize like every minute costs me something right now? Like it was just so funny. So there's definitely like those interesting like power struggles in understanding that, but I think too, it's like when our partners can see us come alive, I think it inspires them to find out how they come alive, whether that's through career or relationship or tasks or the way that they serve us or others in our lives. And I think that that is such a cool opportunity that entrepreneurship has afforded both of us. 
Oh, I absolutely agree. I got to piggyback really quick on some of your stories. Two things that came up for me when I was listening to you. One of them is with Hobie, where we have our arguments, where things aren't as smooth as I'd like them to be sometimes is when he feels very neglected. I can be a workaholic. I absolutely love this work that I do. And like just coming up, I leave on Monday and I'm gone for eight days, which is not normal, but I've got these amazing opportunities coming up for the book and all that. And so I'll be on the road a lot and then I'll come home and then I'll get back into the work. And there will be a time that he's like, hello, I am here. Like, I need your attention. And he'll even say it like, I'm your husband. Hi, nice to meet you. Like he'll kind of make a joke about it, but I'll realize, oh, I have definitely gone way too far this way. And I need to come back to what's most important because at the end of the day, if I didn't have a beautiful marriage, I don't even want this business. Like the, the two are, are so important, but at the end of the day, my marriage is the most important thing. So I can neglect him. And I have to be very careful that he doesn't deserve it. And it's it's happened a few times. So that's one thing that comes up. But another thing that came up is in the book, I talk about one of the hardest parts of my entrepreneurial journey, which was I got into a partnership and I struggled to get out of it. And it was the story I did not want to write. I remember when you wrote your book, one of the questions you were asked is like, are there any stories you didn't want to tell? Yeah. And this was mine. I didn't want to tell the partnership story. I'm embarrassed by it. And there was a lot of hurt around it. But that was a hard time because of the, the partner was male and it wasn't working out. And I was devastated. I felt all the feelings. I cried a lot. It was a whole year of chaos and he could do nothing about it. He wasn't going to call up my ex-partner and be like, listen, buddy, da, da, da. like he couldn't get involved at that level, but he was mad and he wanted to protect his wife. And I'm like, you cannot, you cannot do anything. And he felt really like it wasn't fair that I was telling him no, like back down. That was a really hard time in our marriage as well. But I know where it was coming from, but you're right. There's another person involved in entrepreneurship. It's your family, your friends, your partner. They matter in this experience. So those listening that are just getting into this, just know it's just not you trying something new. There's lots of people involved. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So if we were going to encourage somebody to put in their two weeks notice and grab your book so that they know how to do that, what has been the best part about your journey, especially when it pertains to your relationship? Like what has made it all worth it? Because here's the thing, we've shared some of the 
challenging sides, but I would say that 95.8% of this has been so worth it. So incredible. Talk to me about that. I always say that the worst day as an entrepreneur, like if you're going through something is still better than the best day in your nine to five job, like hands down. And so when I look at, if I look through the lens of my relationship, what has been like the best part of this, it's that seeing Hobie and I grow through this. If you want personal growth, if you want to be a better person, you want to go for it, become an entrepreneur because an entrepreneur is it's fully aligned with personal growth. And so seeing Hobie become the man he is today, seeing me come into my confidence, being sure of myself, calling the shots, it's been a beautiful thing. And we get to watch each other. Like he knows every phase of me through all of this and we respect each other more for it. So I think the personal growth with both of us has been the most beautiful thing. If I look through it through the lens of a relationship, how about for you guys? Oh my gosh. So many things, you know, it's, we can't believe our lives. Like we genuinely live in the disbelief of our lives. And we have a four-year-old who literally wakes up every day and says like, I loved going to Salt Lake City. When are we going back to New York City? And like all of these things that we have been able to do as a family. And I think one of the things that I personally value the most is we will never look back on this short window of time of when our kids are young and look back on it with regret that we missed it because- We have literally navigated this entire journey of parenthood together as a team, just us all in, in the thick of it. And I, I like live today knowing that like, I will have no regrets. And we were just talking the other day about how I can't wait until our daughters, like it's going to make me cry, but like how someday they'll understand how freaking cool it was that their dad, like spent every day with them and like how, you know what I mean? Like how their mom was able to like do the stuff that she loved, but was like literally there for like everything. And I just like, we could have never done it without entrepreneurship. We could have never done it if we hadn't made these decisions to change where we were to go to where we wanted to go. And it has been bigger and better than I ever even could have dreamed. Amen. I'm living a life beyond my wildest dreams. And that is why I wrote the book, because this isn't just for me or just for you. I want so many, I can feel emotional saying this. I, (laughs) I want so many women to experience what we have experienced. This is not unique to us. We didn't have something special they don't have. And I want so many women to realize you really can create a business and a life by your own design. You absolutely can. The only thing that's stopping somebody from getting going versus maybe other people who have is lack of courage. And everyone has courage. You just have to find it. And you've got to muster up that courage to get out there. It's not confidence. You don't have confidence. So you have a track record. It's courage to take the leap knowing I'm not sure how this is going to turn out, but I want something more. I want something different. So it is for everybody listening for sure. Where can everybody go get their hands on your book? Give me all the things. It has been so amazing being like your best friend through this. You have been on this journey from day one. Literally since day one. And so I just like want to be like the fairy book mother and like every listener go out and get a copy. Tell me where can everybody get it? What is the premise of the book and why do they need to get it today? Thank you so much for this, Jenna. Thank you for being a dear friend in this whole journey. It is twoweeksnoticebook.com. So if you go to twoweeksnoticebook.com, you can, the book comes out, if, if you're listening to this when it goes live, it comes out February 21st, like very, very soon. So if you pre-order, you get bonuses. And one of the bonuses is called Off the Record. And the Off the Record series is where I got to interview some of my dear friends about their entrepreneurial journey Of course, Jenna was the first one I interviewed and we talked about things we did not talk about here. So it's really special. And um, there's other bonuses depending on when you buy. So twoweeksnoticebook.com. And there's a virtual event ticket as well where you and Drew are going to be there, which is fun. So there's a lot of fun stuff coming, but you got to order the book to get all the goodies. Oh, everybody go grab a copy. I hope that this conversation inspired you and Amy, will you be my Valentine? I will absolutely <laughs> be your Valentine. Oh, I love happy you, friends. Valentine's so very much. Day. Yes, happy Valentine's Day to everybody and go out and hug someone you love today.
Love you guys. Thanks again, Jenna. Well, that was fun. You know, it's really incredible when I think about it, how lucky I am to have a friend like Amy. You know, entrepreneurship can be really lonely. And when we think about this topic of relationships and the effects that entrepreneurship can have on them, when I count my blessings, I count Amy twice. I am so blessed to have somebody that went from being a mentor to me to a friend. And I am so excited that we get to move through life and business and books and everything together. If you are someone that's listening to this and you don't have a friend in your life that honestly gets it and you know what I'm talking about, I just want to invite you. We have our Gold Digger Podcast Insiders Group that is waiting as a community for you with other listeners. You can find the link in the description of today's show or head on to Facebook and just type in Gold Digger Podcast Insiders. The community is waiting for you and I really hope that you can find a friend like I have in Amy. And of course, go out and get her book. Let me tell you, this book is the book that you need to have if you are someone who is listening and you're like, I don't really love where I'm at and I know where I want to go, but I don't know how to get there. It is twoweeksnoticebook.com. There are tons of bonuses. I am included in a lot of those bonuses because I am so excited to celebrate my sweet friend. Again, that is twoweeksnoticebook.com. And until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. And if you celebrate, happy Valentine's Day tomorrow. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.